Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today, and I want to give a very warm welcome to Ann Bennett. Ann is the founder and CEO of Ann Bennett Marketing, where she helps purpose-driven entrepreneurs build their standout brands and boost their profits. Anne is a best-selling author, coach, and brand profit builder who has spoken across the country and around the world. Anne's personal slogan and the cornerstone of all of her programs is, it's smart to fit in, but it's brilliant to stand out. Today, Anne and I will be chatting about how renegade branding can increase your profits. You'll learn what works from Anne's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses just miss the mark. Anne, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Thank you so much, Stacy. It's just an honor and a privilege to be here with you. Of course. Well, I'm very excited to dive in and discover all things of what does renegade branding <laughs> mean. But before we get there, can you share with our listeners how you got here today in your career um, where this is what you're doing? Wow. You know, that's such an all-encompassing question, right? I, um, how did I get here? I'm one of these people, I don't plan stuff out, really. I just live my life. So, you know, I had 25 years of magazine art direction and design in New York City. So uh, I went out to New York in the 80s to uh, pursue an art career, a painting career. And, you know, everyone in New York who's creative ends up working on a a side gig, right? While they're trying to sell their work and do all that. Um, but it was a great, it was a great time. It was a great life and it was fabulous to be there. Uh, I was there for 25 years. So I really became a New Yorker. I'm originally from California. So I kind of call myself a 50, 50 bar of East and West coast, uh, conglomerate, if you will. And, um, you know, I always was one of these kids, when I was a kid, I always thought you could do whatever you want. You could have whatever you want, be whoever you want, do whatever you want, as long as you, you know, enroll other people in this idea. And I think that's generally how I've lived my life. When I was in New York, I was like, you know, top of the world. I was like the it girl at Vogue and... I worked there when um, when uh, the woman wrote "The Devil Wears Prada" and that kind of stuff. I just have to, yeah, yeah, I just have to be there, right, at the right yeah. time. And um, so I'm coming out of my gym in the morning. I like to always work out. And off camera, we have we're rolling the uh, exercise ball <laughs> out of view. But uh, so I'm coming out, and it's like one of these super clear days. We used to call them the California days, because New York is never sunny, really. And uh, I see these people standing on the corner, and they're all gathered, and they're looking up. And usually, I don't pay any attention, 
because it's usually tourists and things like that. But for some reason, I just turned and looked up to see the first plane crash into the World Trade Center. And it was in that moment, those kinds of moments, like we just came through COVID and that's really transformed and changed people's lives. And when you're in any, any type of situation like that, it speeds up change, right? So all of a sudden I was like, my DNA felt like my DNA had rearranged and I didn't really care about kind of the glitz and the glamour of the fashion world being involved in and all that. And I wanted to do something with myself, but I was like, well, self, you know, what are you going to do? So I started studying like um, Tony Robbins, Jerry Nestor Hicks, all this inner work and, you know, unleashing the giant within and all that kind of stuff, right? Laws of attraction, all yeah. things, the building so, your all own things. future. Yes. Marianne Williamson, still studying today because I believe that you can only grow your business as big as you grow yourself and in an internal self uh, introspective kind of way. So uh, it was then that things just kind of, I turned directions and I was like, well, what are my talent, skills and abilities? I'm really creative. I'm like uber, like tenacious. And I like to look for gray areas and make things work and all that kind of stuff. So I decided to help uh, entrepreneurs build their businesses. And um, yeah, the rest is kind of history. And here you are today, back in your home roots, back in California. Mm -hmm. You left yeah. the high life of New York behind, and yeah. now you're settled in Orange County. Yep. I never thought I'd be living here, but here I am. I love the ocean. I love the beach. Um, I'm actually fourth-generation native Californian. Oh, that's pretty even, rare. Yeah, people don't even think of me from California. My father was from Texas. And my mom was from California, so he left Texas, and and that was that. I'm from Texas, so oh, Texas good. Awesome. What part of Texas are you from? Dallas. That's great. Yeah. My dad was from very similar Fort Worth, little <laughs> tiny town outside of Fort Worth. One of these, you know, my grandfather was a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the Fort Worth area. Although everything in Dallas and DFW, it's all merging together. Yeah. So every time I go back home to visit my mom, it's just like, it's not even recognizable. It's a whole nother country now. It is. It's getting huge. Like every place, you know, I kind of miss actually, same with New York. I kind of miss the scratchy underground. It's gritty. Yeah. I kind of miss that. Um, although it's, it's really beautiful and and the way they're developing the city is gorgeous. But, you know, it just, I just fell in love with that kind of alternative, edgy, crazy stuff that was so exciting yeah. to be in. Well, now they have Highline Drive and all sorts of mm -hmm. different things in New York, which is a very different feel when you're there too. Yeah. So totally. renegade marketing. What is that? Like, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, people... I, you know, people are so funny because they're like, I'm not a renegade or I'm not a rebel or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? If you are out of a traditional job and you are actually making your own way, building a business, you're a rebel. You're a renegade. And renegade marketing is really about understanding your personality style. I have uh, four 
renegade archetype styles that I help people kind of identify. And then we build their brand, their message, and how they're actually going to be, which is more of a amplification of who they already are mm -hmm. in, into their marketing. So everything aligns and it just feels like it's a lot more fun and real because you can just go be yourself essentially. So the archetypes are um, the nurturer, the disruptor, the innovator, and the geek. So they all have different characteristics and like a, a disruptor would speak and market and do things in a different way than say a nurturer would and would show up on the stage differently and how their voices and their marketing would be completely different. So it's, it's allowing people to sometimes uncover, yeah, uncover what they've covered up, yeah. you know, like as, ch as children, do you have kids? I don't have kids. Dogs, kids, we have Dogs, you get. Yeah. So like dogs, you know, they have different personality sure. styles. Like I was just writing um, something around dogs. Like, uh, you know, if, you were, if your brand were a dog, would you be um, a, a loving yellow lab, um, a smart and designed uh, poodle, um, a mutt that's really eclectic and you do everything, or you'd be a cat because you, you are a disruptor, so you'd go in a different direction. Okay. So I'm a mutt. There you go, you're a mutt, right? So you have a I'm lot a of... A lot of, you know, multi-talented, a lot of interests, a lot of things that you bring to your business. Right. You know, business owners are always asking me like, well, do I have to choose? I'm like, yes, you have to choose. Because the mind, you know how the brain works. It's like it wants to simplify and put labels on things. So, so people are doing it anyway. So you might as well capitalize on it. Well, there's also something that's going to be genuine to you. Like when you're mm -hmm. saying that you have these different archetypes, it's not like I could say, oh, I want to be a disruptor today, but my natural course is I'm a nurturer. So you're not going to be very authentic and it's going to be a stretch for you, I'm assuming, if you're trying to put your shoes in, your feet in shoes that are just the wrong fit. Yeah, it's kind of like that. People, people kind of think that they can... People have this really interesting way of thinking that other people don't see them. <laughs> when they actually see them, they don't see their own eyebrows, so they yeah. don't really know, but other people are seeing you and making judgments about you. And a lot of times they're pretty spot on. And you also, with branding, you want people, you want to control the conversation. You don't want the conversation controlling you. So that's why having a really strong brand is so important so that you can go, well, you know, so for me, I'm a disruptor. I could have told you that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and for anyone who's listening and not watching, she has the most awesome, like it, it's like metal studded white leather jacket or leather or anything along those lines right. and crystal and spiky red hair. And she's just, she's hip. So that's the thing. It's like, I could, my brand is so strong right now that when I show up without my leather jacket, people are like, where's your leather jacket? Like they demand me to show up, yeah. which is kind of cool because then I have to show up a certain way. Um, but I think, you know, when people are starting, they feel like, 
oh, I, I, I'll brand later. I'll brand after I do my marketing and I do my videos and all the other different strategies and tactics. But the problem with that is that there's no core message. There's no core center of what you stand for and what matters to you so that the people, people can connect with you and they want to be like, oh, they like, you know, mutts. They like those kind of dogs. Well, I like those kind of dogs. Oh, they like edgy stuff. Well, I kind of like edgy stuff. They like, you know, we want to be with people that are like us. Mm -hmm. And all the time people are always saying, oh, it's all about your clients, all about your clients. And yes, it's about solving a problem for them, but it's actually about you. You are the cornerstone of what it is you're doing. It's like when you take Steve Jobs, if you took Steve Jobs out of Apple early on, it would not be Apple yeah. that we know today. It is that way today because he's built, he built that over years and years of creating you know, this whole idea of simplicity, design, beauty. He wasn't really selling computers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's, it's, you know, the assumption here is that as a business leader, an entrepreneur, that head of a company, that a lot of people probably separate themselves out in their heads thinking, oh, my business is one thing and I'm something else. Mm -hmm. But the truly successful businesses they're built around someone like a Steve Jobs that you mentioned. Yeah. They're built around a personality style. Yeah, like, the brand of the individual. It just extends. Yeah. Classic uh, renegade or disruptor rebel type would be Richard Branson. Yeah. You know, he just came down from outer space. <laughs> Successfully. We had two successful missions. Isn't that amazing? Yes. You know, just off the charts, crazy adventurer he really yeah. is. And then, you know, Madonna, I use a lot yeah. as you know, the female disruptor. And so you were talking about, well, well, I'm really a geek, but I want to be a disruptor and how it doesn't quite Fit. work out. And, and when I do presentations, I have a picture. I use um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg as your classic geek because we mm -hmm. so love her and she's all about research and, you know, the law and all this stuff, right? There's rules. And uh, so I have a picture of Madonna blowing this huge bubble, like a bazooka, big yep. round bubble. And I put it on Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So people could see like how silly that looks. Yeah, It's like, you just never would see Ruth blowing a big bubble like that. So oftentimes entrepreneurs get tripped up around that. They're like, oh, well, it's really, it's not about me. It's about my product or mm -hmm. it's about my service. And the truth is people come to, to, to you because of who you are and what you stand for. So you want your brand to be totally aligned mm -hmm. all across social media, videos, the way you write, how you communicate, if it's not, that's where our brain immediately, we might not know exactly what isn't right, but it just doesn't feel right. So we're going to go into our gut and go, yeah, something's off. I'm going to go, 
I kind of like this other person better, whatever. And it's mostly around the brand and the communication and the marketing. Just as it, it, the message, everything needs to be tweaked a little bit. It's not always terrible, but a lot of times it can be. <laughs> can be really boring. Well, especially if someone's not, again, being authentic and they're trying to jump into that other uh, archetype that's not their natural self. Exactly. So then it feels really pushed or pushy. I know that, you know, I've been at a crux as a business owner. I've been in my industry for 25 years and I built my agency, you know, we're a very successful agency. And I'm always at a crossroads sometimes because I am the agency. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to separate because I look around and the morals I teach my you know, team to have the standards. They're me. They're like mm-hmm. what I expect. My bar set very, very hard. And where I found is when the company's not running right, it's because I have someone or a situation that's not fitting my ethos, my belief mm-hmm. systems that I have set up for the company. But then I'm like, well, I want to grow the company and I don't want to have to necessarily be the one in the company. So it's a very hard divide pulling and pushing Mm -hmm. and trying to figure that out. Yeah, I think that's really the biggest challenge for people is when they're growing their business and then how do they build um, an environment that supports the values and and that everybody is aligned with those values. And... um, you know, I was reading, uh, I do a lot of reading, I guess, because my father was a high school principal. So I'm always, the whole idea is, for me, is like, everything's an educational opportunity. Right? Yeah, see, so that's I'm my husband. He was reading. a principal. Yeah, there you go. So I was always reading and always doing stuff. So I was reading uh, The Buddha and the Badass, uh, where Vishen Lakhiani, the guy that uh, created Mind Valley, was talking about that. He was talking about, you know, making your ad, when you're even asking people to come and join you, making the ad so directly a reflection of your values and who you are, that it's only going to attract those people. Not like you're going to do it perfectly. Of course, entrepreneurship is constant putting out fires, doesn't matter what level you're at. Right. (laughs) You, You know, it's like, you get through the day and you maybe solve like five problems. That's not so bad as like 20 problems, but you know, there's always something right as you're growing. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge to, to keep those things. And, you know, you want to keep your values really clear and simple so that people are like, yeah, I can totally do that. Or if they don't do that, then they realign or they, or we like to say, we're going to relocate them. <laughs> They're going to relocate someplace else that's better for them. So what's the best way for this entrepreneur who is trying to figure out you know, their archetype and all everything else, but their values? How do they come up with what are their values? What are their company's values? Yeah, I really think they overlap. And a lot of times they can be, a lot of times they can be the same. There isn't a real separation, like business in the past was very separate. 
you know, oh, that's business and that's how we do business and that's how businesses run and that this is my life and this is what I believe in and I'm a different person than the boss. Yeah. It's not like that anymore. It's very immersed and very overlapped. So to me, it's like a simple way. You know, we all went into business to solve a problem for people, you know, Mine is like, how do you stand out in an overcrowded marketplace? You've got to use that 1% of your personality. Basically, the easiest way to get there is to ask yourself what pisses you off and what breaks your heart. Because all of a sudden, you can make a list of things because there's an emotional attachment to those things. You know, you take an event and an emotion and you put them together and that's memory. So we want to create a brand and marketing and, and the way we are in the world as memorable, it's got to have a level of emotion attached to it because that's how the brain works, yeah. essentially. But I think for people just making a list of like their top values, even simply their top values and looking at them and moving them around or deciding which ones are, you know, usually people can make a list of, I don't know, 10 or 20 and then pick out the top five. And do you find that people have a hard time selling in their values to the rest of the team or if they have actually hired spot on to their values, it's a lot easier? Well, when you hire people that align with your values, you've got an awesome team. You know, when you hire people that don't believe what you believe in and aren't inspired or it doesn't move them, they're not going to align behind that. They're just going to be there doing a job. Yeah. And nobody really wants anybody to do a job anymore. I go and I do my job, I leave. Nobody even wants to live their life that way anymore. Right. So it's kind of great, right? Because we've all changed the way that we want to do business too is like you want to align with companies you believe in. You want to align with people and companies that reflect your own values. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, as, as we start to bring that all into focus, that's really what a brand does. It brings it all into a congruence, a consistent congruence with with a, a brand is actually an emotion mm -hmm. that gets exuded by all these other things in the back. Like, what do I believe in? What do I care about? Um, what am I wanting to do in the world? What matters? All these kinds of things are the, it's like the deeper level of what the brand, the brand is doing on the surface. Right. What are, but it didn't really answer your question about you hiring. You did, though, and I love this. We're going in different tangents, but it's really great. <laughs> really good. Okay. What are other mistakes that entrepreneurs often make when you're working with them for renegade marketing? I think a lot of a lot of it is they do too much. I mean, we're so excited about everything, and we want to create everything, and everything's. Whatever the newest thing is, we want to especially do it. Especially entrepreneurs, like, right? Like, yeah, particularly, <laughs> right? Because we're excited and we're like, oh, there's something new to learn or I want to go try this new thing or everyone's talking about whatever the attention goes, right? right. We all want to go there. And not that uh, that's specifically bad, but 
what happens with most of my clients is I let, I'm like this, do one thing and go vertical instead of horizontal so we can get the result. We can get to the first phase of the result that you right. want. Then let's do two things. You know, it's kind of like that. The simplicity of it, I think, is what boggles people sometimes. This stuff, you know, marketing and branding and all this stuff, once you understand your brand and what you, you're really about and what the visual is going to look like and how you're going to speak it, and then you can go, well, you know, I'm really an introvert, so I don't want to go networking. Mm -hmm. I think I will, um, you know, and I don't want people to see me, so I don't want to be on video. <laughs> you can write blogs. Perfect. You can write blogs or you can go over to Clubhouse and, you know, be a not more anonymous. So I think, you know, people are trying to put themselves into stuff instead of really standing and owning who they are or like, oh, I love to be on video. So, you know, shooting video is fun for me. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I love to write. I'm a really good writer. So I prefer to do blogs and blah 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 so people are they just go out and they're like kind of machine gunning all of the different ways that you could get in front of people or, or get connected to people and start relationships and they're like oh do, you know a lot of my clients come to me and and they're like i'm gonna podcast and i'm gonna do a youtube channel and you know all great stuff and i'm like great so like do you know how to introduce yourself <laughs> at a networking event so people don't go to sleep? Mm -hmm. And they're like, uh. <laughs> what is your elevator pitch? Come on, 30 seconds, go. Yep. So to me, it's like, you know, I teach people how to do head whipping hooks, how to do irresistible introductions so that you're saying something and you have a variety of ways to say it. So if someone standing next to you doing the same thing you do says what you're going to say, you've got something else to say, you know, that's just different. So a lot of what I was raised with and a lot of people I think are raised with is you have to be the best. You got to be the best. You got to be the top of the top. And the truth is you got to be different. That's actually more important than being the best. Of course, you want to bring value and you want to keep upping your skills and, and what you bring for your clients and be the best in that way. But that's not what's going to get them to buy from you. You have to be memorable to a degree too. Mm -hmm. Got to be memorable. And we love novelty as, as it's memorable when you're doing something or seeing something that you haven't experienced before. So if you're if you're trying to fit into some kind of cookie cutter mold, that's pretty much the kiss of death at this yeah. point. I think it's hard. Disappear. Yeah, I think it's hard for a lot of entrepreneurs because they're like, the world is my potential customer. <laughs> I must appeal to them all. Yeah, humanity. So, you know, what's so great is when you get really focused in your brand and your brand's gonna attract and it's going to repel. Mm -hmm. So there's gonna be people that aren't gonna like you yeah. or they're gonna think you're, they're a nut, you're a nut job or whatever, right? 
because they don't get you and that's okay. You don't really want to be working with them, especially in a service-based business. You know, you want to work with people that, that think you're great, that love you, that you love them so that when you're working together, there's, there's a synergy that, that occurs of creativity. Otherwise you've got kind of somebody always going, well, yeah, no, yeah, no. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. You know, it's like easy to be because they're not really like, I'll just say for myself, people who don't want to stand out and do some outrageous stuff, they don't work with me. Right. <laughs> and that's great. There's other people for them to work with. Yeah. Right. For me, it's like, we're going to do something really creative. We're going to change the, the whole conversation about what it is you do. And we're going to say it in a way that catches attention so that people want to lean in instead of back up. Yeah. I think that a lot of people must operate, I'm sure, from a point of fear because they're worried about that loss, about repelling people, about not getting the business, about not making the money. And so that pain point is a bigger point of fear than what all of the laws of attraction say that if you're just focusing on what you really want and attracting those clients, you're going to actually reap bigger rewards. Yeah. And that's the, um, I guess that's the, the part of being a human being. It's so interesting, right? Cause when we're kids, like we just keep going, you know, when you're a little baby and you're trying to walk, I don't know how many times you fall down millions of times millions and do you just finally just throw your hands up in the air and go I'm not going to do this anymore but it's just not part of being a human being and it's kind of like we've gotten trained so much not to go against the grain or be different or rub somebody the wrong way and all those kinds of things not like it not like you're nasty or anything, but it's, it's more like having an opinion and allowing other people to have their opinion. And that's okay. Yeah. It's like, we've gotten to the point where everybody wants everybody to be the same. Yeah. Think like I do, walk like I do, talk like I do. And to me, that's kind of a dull world. <laughs> and it's really not about, it's really not branding something. You know, branding something is having something stand out and be unique in a way, not unique, like so different that nobody knows what it is, but just unique in a way that it's diff taking something and turning it so people can see it in a little bit different di way than they normally see things. Mm -hmm. And that's that novelty that's the idea of, wow, that's, that's kind of an interesting idea. I hadn't thought about it that way. Or, wow, I just think that that's such a cool idea. Let's see where that goes. So it's, it's true, people have a lot of um, doubt and a lot of fear. Uh, I was just listening to a podcast, I love podcasts, and um, and the guy on the, on the, that was being interviewed was talking about, he's a very, very successful entrepreneur. And he was talking about all of his fears and how he uses them to actually move himself forward. 
And I tell my clients this all the time. If you're really afraid of something, that's where you want to go. You want to go towards that and master that and know yourself to be bigger than who you think you actually are. And I, I really believe people go into being entrepreneurs, not so much for the freedom. I know how everyone says, oh, I get to have my own life and all free. I can go I, over. I don't think I have a lot of freedom as an agency owner. I'm pretty much working no. all the time or yeah. all anywhere I am in the world. <laughs> yeah, you're working. You're just, because you're part of it. You're just, yeah. it's like breathing. But it's so, my life. Right. Exactly. And it's natural to my essence. And I wouldn't know what to do without that. If you didn't have it. I thought about that the other day. I could like, you know, I get these fleeting, these fleeting negative thoughts about, oh, I could go sell pencils on the beach in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> like every once in a while. What and, if I did um, this? <laughs> yeah. What if I just stopped doing what I was doing? But I think, you know, entrepreneurs are driven by doing things that stretch them, doing things that allow them to expand and to grow into their potential. That's yeah. really why they're entrepreneurs. Yeah. Well, and I could continue talking to you for like another hour. So <laughs> you're fantastic to talk with. For our listeners who are like, Anne is the best disruptor ever. And I want to learn more from her. How can they contact you? Well, definitely we're going to be giving like something in the show notes, right? We absolutely will so be leading people in the show notes and the blog, yeah, gonna, read up, all of that. Yeah. I mean, we're going to give them how to create a client getting brand, which will help them to really Perfect. look at what are my quirks? What are my values? What, what makes me interesting? How do I use that? Mm -hmm. And I would love people to reach out on Facebook and join Ann Bennett Marketing. That's like the new spot where I'm just wanting to, you know, I do a lot of teaching and, and of course, philosophizing. You have <laughs> and what to makes us Tony human. Robbins and right. Laws of Attraction. Like, that's really my favorite thing to do. I just got certified in NLP and I'm just finding that is so fabulous because so fast and so quick to change right. your limiting beliefs. Right. And um, all of that. So I kind of bring all of my life together on the Facebook and, and talk about stuff. So it'd be great to meet people. You could reach out, DM me. I always like to meet people and talk to people and see, you know, what they're, they're trying to create. Fantastic. Any last words to our audience of what they should be doing to take themselves to this next step? How can they challenge themselves better? I think the biggest thing is to really write down those things that scare you. Does it scare you to actually be yourself? Does it scare you? I mean, people are always like, no, no, it doesn't. I can be on stage. It's not a problem. I'm like, you know, really? Well, then you got to play bigger. <laughs> because if you're not scared in a sense of excited and like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Then you're not playing big enough. You got to go bigger. So if you're that kind of person, then I challenge you to just do something that's to you, it would be a miracle if it happened. Do that. If you're somebody who's like, you know, I don't know what to say when I go networking, I'm an introvert, then great. You know, introverts are the best networkers because <laughs> they ask questions they listen and they listen right and other people to... actually care because you're listening and so exactly. all of a sudden you create a relationship so i just 
I just want to say to everybody, you know, be who you really are, because each one of those archetypes, the nurturer, the disruptor, the innovator, and the geek, all have benefits and attributes that people are looking for to be reflected, and all of them are great. Well, Anne, thank you so much for spending time with me and our listeners today. Really an enjoyable experience. My pleasure, Stacy. Thank you. Of course. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Marking Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you in the near future. Check out our weekly blogs at blog.hollywoodbranded.com to stay up to date on all things marketing, business, and pop culture. Subscribe and join over 30,000 readers who are already in the know.